0: Last chance to be a part of the first ever Godzilla Media bus trip. Final sign-ups going on right now at GodzillaMedia.com for you to be a part of the UAlbany Pink Game this Saturday inside Kansas Stadium to be a part of it, GodzillaMedia.com and it's happening because our friends over at Johnstone Supply in Troy. The fall weather is here. You can feel the weather getting a little bit colder. Is your house heated properly? Do you have the right things that you need? Air filters updated and more. The staff there, whether Tom, Cap, James, they will help you find exactly what you need this fall. It is Johnstone Supply and Troy that's been helping families here in upstate New York for decades across the capital region. Family owned and operated business. They can do the same for you. HVAC needs 518-272-5922. Again, 518-272-5922. Make sure that your home heated properly. And ready to go this fall. Thanks to our friends at Johnstone Supply in Troy. Check them out now. Go back and watch the former LeVac and Goss episode on there and more. And be a part of our Gazilla Media bus trip to Casey Stadium. And to help with the American Cancer Society this month, it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Be a part of our help to fight against breast cancer. Thanks to Johnstone Supply in Troy. Now, on to this week's episode of Getting There with Goss. <laughs> Another edition here of Getting There with Gonser, where we talk about the career journeys of media members, coaches, athletes, business owners, and more from upstate New York. Now, I know where this guy grew up. He's going to tell me that is not upstate New York, but it's a different area of New York State. I've been trying for months to get this guy on. Finally, through his busy schedule, he's carved out a few minutes for me. It is Andrew Williams from XM. I call him Dubs, so I'll probably refer to him throughout the interview as that Dubs. We've done it finally. But for those who don't know you as well as I do, take us through six, seven, eight years old. What did you want to be as a kid or was it the same dream job you wanted
1: when you were 18 years old? Uh, I thought I was going to be Michael Jordan, but um, <laughs> I was too light-skinned and I couldn't jump high enough. So <laughs> I, I settled for radio. And uh, But no, it was always. It, I mean, we grew up. We're, we're close enough to the same age. We grew up in the best time for, I think, the best time. For like sports radio, sports TV, like we got home from school, we put on Around the Horn, we put on P.T.I., we did that. We woke up, watched Save the Bell, all that good stuff right there. And then, yeah, it was always uh, some type of sports media. and you grew up in Binghamton, Endicott, I want to make sure I get the, the... yes. Good job, okay. guys. Endicott, right. New York. Yes, indeed. Six oh seven, right in the Binghamton area, though, so not too far away from where you are now.
0: So sports is the hope, like anybody else growing up in that 90s era. But when you hit high school, is it sports media? What are you looking to do when you hit the college ranks? And why do you select a certain college to go to?
1: Yeah, so I mean, well, my college journey, that's that's a whole long different thing too. But it was it was always some type of media. I remember taking like the communi- different communications you could and everything at school. I was not a bookhead. Uh, might surprise a few people. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, and then college was... It was really like I said I I I didn't like kind of the digging in the books and all that like I don't like science I like math I like history but then it was I always wanted to do something with media so I went to Onondaga, you know Harvard and Syracuse as many <laughs> know uh, I went there for a year and then I actually came back and I went to Binghamton for a year before coming up to Albany and going to the New School Center for Media which changed everything for me the New School Center for Media in Albany if you don't know is it's like the it's a trade school for media, television, whether you want to do TV, you want to do radio, you want to become a DJ, sound production, all that stuff. And I went first, I went for radio engineering and they were great, kind of taught you everything you needed to know about radio and all that stuff. And like they let you do your own show. And that was the first time I really got behind the mic for a while and just kind of got the rip. And they like essentially it was like your own podcast you got to do every single day. And as you know, guys, there's nothing better. getting reps the only way you can get good at any of this stuff is by getting reps and all that type of stuff and then after i went for radio i went back again to get my broadcast journalism certificate so and that was just a whole different thing i'm glad i did because nowadays you have to know how to do so much stuff you have to know how to do more than audio editing you have to know how to edit videos and do different clips for social and all that stuff so that school like changed everything for me when it came to media
0: with no disrespect to your alma mater when people think about New York residents people who grew up in the state and they think about communications and broadcasting it's usually a combination of the trio of Syracuse Oswego or Ithaca yep. and you decided not to go to a traditionally known broadcasting school so it sounds as if not going to one of those traditional powers benefited you because you got the hands-on experience as quick as you wanted
1: No yeah absolutely I mean you're you're doing it every, you're doing what you want to do for your career every single day And i think in today's media world there's nothing better than that getting reps and doing it and learning the ins and outs of things and learning different broadcast frequencies and how to use lucy kits and how to do isdns and things like that things that you don't learn until you actually get some type of job and then you're already ahead of people there yeah like you can say yep i went to oswego and this is not poo-pooing on any of that by the way if you go to college great college is awesome all that but for me the way i learned the way i go through things the way i process things this was the best route and like you said if i didn't go to there and i went to a traditional school i don't know where i'd be today because the connections i made whether it was kelly o'donnell who at that time i believe it was cvs hopefully i'm not wrong he was with in albany was a teacher at the new school he had connections and then the radio school there the radio guys there they had connections at every single radio station because if you're in radio You know everybody in radio. It's a small business. So those connections, that's one of the biggest things. It's not always what you know. It's who you know. And the people there who they knew helped me get in the door, which was eventually 104.5.
0: Yeah. And the majority of these situations, when you're going through that college process, a lot of people are trying to do the play-by-play route, writing, get on the air at some point. It doesn't seem like your goal is to be on the air, or is it? Or are you trying to figure it out?
1: No, I was definitely on air. I mean, everybody okay. wants to be on air, right? Everybody wants to be it. Everybody <laughs> wants to be the main guy and everything like that. and it's and it takes time. And like you said, you don't nobody gets on air right away. And that was one of the best things about my original mentor. He was like, you need to do the dirty work first before you even put your mic on. And that's something that I carry today, and I try to tell these young guys today and everything, like, I know a lot of people, like you want to get into it, you want to become the host. It's the fun part. It's the sexy part of the job. So people think, I think producing is a sexy part because you get to tell people what to do, <laughs> but here nor there. But um, yeah, so it, it was always hosting. Hosting was number one at that time period
0: when I was younger. All right. So timeline-wise, you, you teased a little bit for 104 5, the team. You're going through the UAlbany things, 104 5, the teams in the Capital Region. Is it... An internship? Does it end up being your first job? Take us through like post graduation and how you ended up landing 1045 the team. If that is actually your first professional job in media.
1: No, so it was actually with Z1029 W I Z R out in Johnstown, New York, was my first one. The um my teacher at the new school is like they got this guy has an opening out there. You get one hour slot to yourself. Talk anything you want with sports, but you just have to mention like the high school sports. Football around there, and you just have to load in a football game before you go on air, and you get paid. I think it was like a hundred dollars an episode or something like that. I'm like, what? At this point, I'm like, I must spend like 20, maybe 21. I was like, that that's amazing. I'll take that's the best bar money you can have at that point. If you walk into a bar with a hundred dollars, you're the richest one there. That's right. So, and, and so I was like, yeah. And it was like one hour, my own radio show. I got to do anything I want with it. So I just had to go out there and just do a couple of things. I had my own show and. I think maybe there was 10 people listening and it's whatever, 10 family members I told that night about it. And then uh, my cousin would call in and she would like talk about the jets and stuff like that. So it was, that was the first one, which is great. And I still, I mean, it's one of those things. It was literally in like a strip mall area in like a closet that, that's, that was the station. And it was, it was awesome though. To me, it was my show. Right. I mean, anytime you can get anything at that, that age, you're like, Again, it's the reps to the nonstop and learning how to do everything. And I look back at it now. Like, I didn't know how to do a rundown then. Nobody taught me how to do, like, a rundown for a show or anything like that or how to do, like, proper prep. I would just, like, go on, like, ESPN or something. Like, what happened with the Knicks? What happened with the Giants? What happened with the Jets? What happened with the Yankees? All right, let's talk about it. And I would just go off from there. It's the fun part of it because you're getting paid to do what you want. You're so young, as you mentioned. It's
0: happening. And I got to do the geography question here one more time for some people who are confused. Johnstown is not Johnson City because Johnson City is near Binghamton, right? Johnstown, so you're basically out of your – you're not living at home basically, right? Or are no, you- no.
1: So, uh, no, I'm living in Albany. At this point in time, when I went to the new school, I was living in Albany. I had my own apartment in Albany. Johnstown is like out, I don't know, probably 45 minutes west. Go down nine, like 90 and then you're towards Buffalo. It's out there like Harry, like that area. Out, So, it's like if anybody like this from the capital region area will probably know it. Uh, But yeah, it was out there. It was out there in like farmland in the middle of nowhere. And I'm not poo-pooing on it at all. I'm glad I cleared that up. I know the tweets are going to come. Guys, you live in Albany. You should know where everything is. No, I don't, dude. I drive
0: around. I get lost constantly. So you (laughs) are in that. We'll we'll call it the capital region for the sake of this conversation. So you're doing things out in that area. How does the opportunity come up at 104.5
1: Uh, They needed an afternoon producer. And again, I think it was Kelly O'Donnell who had a connection somehow to it. And at this point, Armin Williams was there maybe. he has been there for about three or four months. Um, And yeah, it was like they needed an afternoon producer. He reached out or my teacher told me about it. He's like, would you be up for it? I'm like, yeah, I went in. I interviewed and then I got it. And once again, it was one of those situations that was like, I don't know what I really supposed to do here, but I'm going to like just do. It. I mean, you fake it till you make it, right? That's kind of the situation where it was <laughs> um with Joe Calderon and Pierce Bricks, two guys who I still talk to to this day. Joe Calderon, obviously, if you're in the capital region, you know him. He is one of the greatest guys out there. There in media one of the nicest people out there. Same with Bricks. It was um it was really fun to work with those two.
0: Yeah, and just to clarify this, too, because some people are going to look at this and be like, hang on a second. I know some of those names, but I don't know other of those names, that connection. So, again, to clarify, you're hired for the afternoon show for Joe Calderon and Pierce Bricks. Armin Williams, at this point, is serving as the program director for the station. So, there is a transition at some point here where that show goes off the air. You're the producer of that show, but you stay with the station. So, walk us through this, and I think this is a good listen for people who are going to hear this, that even though you are a part of a show... You're able to stay at the station, which is in some cases really in the minority of times in which that happens.
1: Yeah, and and it was one of those situations, again, like I was young. I was probably, I think I was like 22 or something like that, and where you don't know what to do. Like you just go in. It's a normal day, right? You just go in, and then they get called in, and they kind of like, I see one leave, and then I see another just to leave, and I, I get a text from them, hey, we just got fired let's go to the bar and meet. And I was like, Oh my gosh. I'm like, all right, well, let me figure out like what I got to go do. And then arm is like, Hey, I need you to go cut this stuff for me real quick. I'm like, Oh shoot. Wait, I still got a job here. <laughs> so wait, I, I gotta go. I gotta go to work. <laughs> and so I'm, like, Texas <laughs> I'm like, uh, I'm I, I hate it to see it, but like I, I gotta go, I gotta go like still work right now. And, and it was, it was actually a bummer cause it was such a fun show and I get it. I understand like now and I know, Knowing Armin the way I do and everything, how he was going about it, and how he was trying to restart the station, and he had a vision about it and everything like that. But at that time, I was like, "Dang!" Like we had a very, very fun show, and it was a good show. Like looking back at it, knowing what I know now about radio and media, it was a good show. But again, a new program director comes in. That's what a lot of them do. They look they what they like, what they don't like, and they where they can. Budgets are so tiny in radio stations, as we know. Where can I save money? Where can I put money for the future to make it where I want it to be?
0: And now we take a step back because in this part of the story, it's almost like we're watching ourselves on tape now because what's going to happen next is that there's an opening still for the soon-to-be Armin and LeVac show for the afternoon producer job. And you would think because you're in-house, it could be your job to have. But some fool from Syracuse shows up and decides to take that job instead. Take us. I don't think you and I have really done this in years about this whole process of did you want it? Did you not want it? Uh, how did that happen? Because I think it's fair to offer this up of what goes on between the producer role for kind of you and I is when we first come together for this time.
1: Yeah. So there's no, there's no doubt. I was, um, as Armin would tell me to this day, I was very wishy-washy about it, which you can't be. And, and that's why I don't, I don't blame him for anything for like, once he brought you in and everything, like, all right, well, this is our guy. I, he was like, would you like be up for it? Da, da, da. And I was like, yeah, I think so. Like, I I can't even remember what I was fully doing with them at that time. I know I was like doing all imaging. I was doing the station's imaging and like promos and stuff like that and stuff still. And then just like board boardopping. Uh, I think the Lupica show we were doing at that time because we got rid of the Lebertar show. So we were doing the Mike Lupica show from New York. So I was boardopping that as well. And I was just very wishy washy on it and. With him, you gotta be on it. You gotta want it and you gotta want it right away. And I didn't. So they went another option with it, but obviously I stayed at the station for a while. And then that's kind of right when you got in. Yeah. And not to
0: skip over some of that stuff that you and I did together where it's like, okay, now we have a really cool team at this point, because it's you, me, and Brady Farkas, where all of us had gone different paths in our career, but it was an Armin and Levac, and we had this really good one oh four five, the team core of team that was happening at that point. And if you dig deep enough into these YouTube videos, I'm sure on 104.5 the team, you can find Dubs and I doing some NFL previews oh, yeah. with the banner all over the place and the signs falling down. It's just, it is some great content to look back and be like, we were, we're trying our best, we're doing our best. No one cared what we were doing in the closet, but we are trying to put content out there. So uh, there's this time period now where Armin leaves in January of 2016. And there's an opening for a program director job. And for whatever reason, 104.5, the team decides not to give somebody a full-time opportunity to run that. And then Wolf comes in. So this is March of 2016, if my math is still ending correctly. And we're all in a weird spot because you, me, Brady, anybody else in the building wanted that opportunity. Was the sense in which Armin left a spark in your career where you thought, okay, I'm young enough. I know the experience I have. Maybe I open up my options for the first time in my career.
1: Yeah. So I'll even go back a little bit before Wolf because, so right when I, right when Armin told me he was leaving, it was a situation. He's like, I will get you prepped. We will go into their office. We will talk to them. We will see if we can make you the assistant program director of the channel. Because at this time, I'm doing all the stations imaging, I'm doing all the scheduling for all the Yankees board ops and everything like that. I'm doing all the promos for the station. Like I'm working my tail off and I tell people all the time, like, I'm probably putting in 40, 45 hours, but we're only allowed to work 29 hours at this time. Cause they don't want to like all that insurance and everything. They don't want to make us full time. So I remember going in for the interview and talking to them and stuff like that. And it was kind of just like, no, nah, I don't think so. I think we're going to, we're just going to leave you guys there, give them back some stuff to do maybe hire somebody down the line I was like, all right i mean i've at this point i've been there three years i think something like that been the backup host for armin and LeBac. did the the weekend show with joe b we had that saturday show we were doing and then everything else around the station outside of sales which armin was doing i was taking care of with him and i'm glad and i'm glad he taught me how to do that because even like logs and all the traffic stuff, like working with them on this the different stuff that had to go in because that got me to be where I'm at now and allowed me to move up faster in other areas. But yeah, once I kind of knew that I've reached a max area there and no shade, once they brought in kind of like the route they were going with that show after Armin left, I was like, all right, I got to look out. I got I to gotta see what else is out there. And at this time as well, my now wife, she was finishing grad school. So we were like, where do we want to live together in our future? So then after that, it was kind of like job boards. Like, what's out there? What can I do? And with everybody in that
0: same mix, too, I think all three of us, you, Brady, and I, were all in that same mix. We are like, hey, all of us thought this could be an opportunity for us. And we didn't know, no, like you said, no shade to Wolf. Like We didn't know this, where the station was going to go. If it was going to be like a rock flip, if it was going to be a new style, non-sports. That was a very interesting time in the history of that So everybody's looking for opportunities of what could be next for them. And I remember when you and I were sitting at Hooters and he said, yo, guys, I just applied for Sirius. I'm like, yeah. Oh, that's awesome, man. He's like, no, they called me back. So, yeah, take me through that. I know the story and I still get excited talking about it with you. Take us through it of what happened and how the Sirius thing came about. Before my guy, Dubs, tells you about how he – Found that job at Sirius XM. We want to tell you about our friends at Mohawk Honda. Friday, October 22nd, LeVac and I will make our return back to Mohawk Honda. It's been too long. Finally, LeVac and guys, I feel like the rock right there. Well, for those who don't know about Mohawk Honda, wherever you're listening across upstate New York, it is worth the drive to work with people that you can trust during the car buying experience. So many people tell me these horror stories about what happens when they're buying a new vehicle. Don't have that happen to you. Work with people like Lindsay Harriton. Her family, the Harrington family, been a part of Mohawk Honda for decades now. My guy, Cam McKenna, who I bought my pilot from, the best, Greg Johnson. Cannot wait to hang out with these guys. The VIP man, hot sauce, and more. And don't forget about the Kelly Blue Book offer, where the inventory is there at Mohawk Honda in Glenville, where you can drive up and walk out with money in your pocket and find whether it's new or pre-owned. They will make sure that they find exactly the vehicle that fits your budget and more. Mohawk Honda again, join us Friday, October twenty second as LeVanc and I broadcast live on site from three to four thirty. Your chance to meet this great staff we've been telling you about for months, and hopefully take advantage of everything we've been telling you about and get yourself into the vehicle for your future that you want. It's Mohawk Honda, where they always go out of their way to please you. Now, dubs, Sirius XM, how did it happen, man?
1: Yeah, so and even again, so it was um with where I'm at now, Sirius XM FC, the soccer channel 157. And I just, again, it was soccer. I'm, I'm a big fan of stuff at, at that point in time. And I just see this opening. And to me, in my mind, it's like Sirius XM is like, it's like the majors when it comes to radio. It's like the top dog, unless you're at like an LA station or a New York city station or one of the top three markets, something like that. To me, like Sirius, it's it. So yeah, I, I went out for the job and they, they shot me a call back kind of, they were like, wait. This person's applying and still my manager now, Pete Corey, who's awesome, talks about it. He's like, this guy's applying. He does all this and he's applying for this part-time job over here to be an associate producer with us. And so I was like, boom. They called me like a week or two later. And then within a month, I was out of 104.5. But yeah, they they were just like, I, I, it was actually in studio when I talked to you about it. It was in the producer booth. Because yes. I remember asking you about it. I'm like, yo, what do you think? Should I do it? And then you were like, Oh my God, this is serious XM. Yes, you have to. <laughs> of course. And from there, it was again, it was one of those situations where I, I talked to who was the active brand manager for 1045 at that time. And I told him, I was like, this is the, an opportunity I got. This is how much they're offering me. And he goes, I have never left another job. I've never left a part time job for another part time job. And he's like, and then he's, like nothing, like no change. Like we're not going to give you any more or anything like that. And at that point, I was just like, all right. I kind of heard all I need to hear and everything like that. And I took the job. I moved down to Maryland a month later by myself and like lived with like three random strangers and stuff like that. And that's when I started with FC. But I I, I wanted to, that's the thing. I wanted to stay with 104.5. I loved working with that. And I liked the Capital Region. I liked Albany a lot. I had a lot of fun there and everything like that but it was a situation. It was like they they didn't want, they had three dudes working their ass off all the time and they didn't want to compensate and they didn't want to take care of them and they didn't want to do what had to be done for like them to get bigger and actually make it. It would have been huge. It would have been much bigger than what happened.
0: It's wild too to think back at that time because I won't say the name of the place where I was interviewing for too because I remember yeah. you and I oh, were going yeah. back and yeah. like the people are still employed there. So I'm going to like keep that a secret where I'm like, hey, I'm interviewed. And you're like, how do you get through a day where like you're you're thinking about oh leaving for another place? It's like you're dating another girl and you gotta break up with the other one. What is going on? So you mentioned that that part-time to part-time flip and you're moving out of state for the first time, and this is a big transition, you're living with strangers. But that move for a lot of younger college people, and especially people earlier in your career, I think you saw what you just mentioned there that if I bust my ass again, even though I'm part-time, even though it's more of a challenge because it's more opportunities and tougher. You believed in yourself, which I think is really important. That a lot of people would have said, This is too intimidating. This is serious. XM. That's a huge part of that. That probably looking back now, you're like, I banked on myself. I bet on myself. And that's why I'm continuing to move up the ranks here.
1: Yeah. And I think that's one of the biggest things is you have to be willing to make yourself uncomfortable with situations and stuff like that, especially young. You have nothing. I mean, come on. When we're, we're, we're talking like 22, 23, like you had nothing to lose. You truly, like, we're so, you're so young at that point, you have to go out and make yourself uncomfortable. Say yes to whatever. Well, don't not whatever, you know what I mean. But <laughs> you gotta be careful what we say these days. <laughs> but yeah, you and that was the situation. It was just like, all right, well, this is that. And and they also told me, like, there might be an opportunity down the line to get you full time and stuff like that. And I think once I got in the door and they realized that I knew how to kind of I came in because we were taught, and this is why I always praise. Arma Williams, I know I keep bringing that up because he was like my first real mentor and everything with it, how to build a good show, how to break down a good show, like how to adapt to different hosts and stuff like that. And I went in there knowing that and kind of the first person and this was a young station. So they they started in 2012 as as serious. That station was built in 2012. So when I got there in 2016, it was still it's still young. It's still young now. It's not even 10 years old. I kind of went in with that mentality of I know how to do a show and everything like that. Now, the whole soccer part, I know soccer well, but I don't know it that well, like to really do the show stuff like that, which I learned, but it's implementing those skills that you kind of, those basic fundamentals you get and then bringing them somewhere else and being like, oh, at that point, they were like, all right, this guy can run a show. He can be a big part of our team and a big part of our future. And by September of that year, I got my contract for full time.
0: Hey, so so let's go over some of those changes too. I think that's really interesting to sit on. One, uh, the difference between satellite radio and traditional radio, whether it's something as simple as going to commercial, how you deal with sponsors, if you're behind the booth, things like that. And also what your hours were like. Let's, let's sit on the full-time one because part-time, we get it. You're,
1: the phone rings, you're there. But the p-
0: full-time, now what do those hours look like early in your career? at Sirius?
1: Yeah, so it was – I was given a chance because when you get there, you kind of work on multiple shows, right? They kind of see like where you fit best, where your knowledge, your skill set, aids, whatever, full-time producers on that show. And mine was in the – again, once again, in the afternoon. Of course, somehow it's always in the (laughs) afternoon. And then – so it was kind of one of the situations where I gelled well with the host. And then the biggest thing, you don't have to worry about ratings. It's a subscription business. There's no books. There's nothing like that. That pressure of books, the pressure of a rating period does not happen. And it shows sometimes because, you know, when it's rating season or whatever trad- traditional radio, your ass is in the jackpot all the time. <laughs> Things have to be perfect. You have to have top guests. You have to have be sharp. You have to do new segments. You do like different giveaways and all that. All that's out the door, right? It's more every day of just kind of The best part of it is coming in, putting out a good product every day as best as you can and trying to be consistent and working with your guys because unlike another thing, traditional radio, majority of them, the guys I work with, at that time, there were some radio guys, but a lot of them were former athletes. And former athletes a lot of times need some work, rough around the edges. They need some radio things. and I mean – I, so, I, again, it's one of those fake it till you make it things, right? It's I came out like, yeah, I know how to do this. I've been, like, here and here. And and the best part is, like, a wonderful father. Yeah, I worked with ESPN Radio. That was the thing. I, yeah, I was with ESPN Radio. <laughs> not, <laughs> not, you're not, not lying. Right? You're not I'm lying. not lying. Exactly. No. So that even kind of helps the credibility of it all, talking to these guys. Because, again, professional athletes are a different animal to work with and stuff like that. So it was more of just – back to the difference of it. It was – get it's yeah, I'm trying to think it's more just you're just going in every day to put on a good show. You don't have to worry about anything else. You don't have to worry about sales, different ad revenue things and all that type of jazz.
0: From the producer side of it, too, I think one challenge might have been were there more remote broadcasts? And what I mean by that is like, let's say you're in the glass and like the two hosts are in the studio. Are you working with some shows where this host is not even in the same building as you?
1: Oh, so I have only done in what am my five years now i've done three shows that weren't remotes with my host every single day and at this point in time when i first started we weren't even there was we weren't doing zoom we weren't doing skype i didn't we didn't start doing skype on shows until like two years ago and i was like we got like i was like let's just try this out right because we do interviews and stuff sometimes with guys on skype and then Everybody would log on, and it was great. You can see each other, and once you can see each other, the interactions are a different ballgame. But for so long, there wasn't nobody was doing Skype, nobody was doing Zoom or anything like that. It's just one of my guys, my main guy, is in Salt Lake City, and the other guy was in Jersey at that period. So even them, they don't see each other, and that's that's a hard. That was actually the hardest part because one of my favorite things about producing a show is when. We get together. We get together in the morning, right? And we talk about what's our show going to be like in the afternoon? What are our topics? We start putting the rundown together. We do all that. Our run sheet. we like, all right, what are the big stories? All right, this is our angle. All right, you talk about this way. I'll kind of go this way. Oh, but this is a good point. When are we going to talk about it here and there? That wasn't happening anymore. I do the rundowns. I tell them what they're talking about the whole time. I'm doing all the topics and everything with very little insight from them. Now it's a little different because I'm so close with my guys and stuff like that that I'll be like, what do you think about this? Or I know I can p- just put stuff down in my rundowns and they'll they'll kind of put little notes and stuff in our Google Doc. I'm like, all right, let's kind of go here and there with it and stuff like that. But when I first got there, I was like, you're just telling guys what to talk about the whole time. And then they're like, well, why are we talking about this? Well, what do you mean? Nobody said anything else like there's no pre-show meet there's just no because right. they're all part-time too they're all contract guys so it's not like a full-time host we have no full-time host everybody is a contract guy pretty much or a part-time host they'll say so it's not like they're not in the morning like well i have to go do this morning thing with them and stuff like that so like we'll text and stuff about stuff throughout the day but that that atmosphere of which we used to have and whatever you want to call it your bullpen or whatever when we would all sit in that office and start writing stuff on the whiteboard and everything that we're talking about on the show you don't get that and that that's like a that's like a missing piece if you don't have a close relationship with your host and if your hosts don't have a close relationship i don't know how people do it because that's the biggest thing to me is building a close bond building that family-like relationship where you can argue with each other but you get over it the next day where you can really go after each other, but where you're having so much fun and you're talking and you're just shooting the BS back and forth. That's why we got into it. It it is that atmosphere of sitting at the bar with your boys and just chirping with each other and getting into these conversations, but putting that into a constructive three hour show.
0: It's so well said there, because that's exactly what I was going to pick up on that, that trust needs to build between everybody. If you want a really good show, it's everybody's a piece of it. It's a wheel that spins. Everybody's got a different role for that to keep going and, that's exactly right, especially in that spot. I want to go back to one thing. we, You and I know this, but just for some people who are listening who might be more casual listeners, you mentioned that Sirius isn't graded on ratings. Or they're on subscriptions. And I know this is the place you work. So one of my favorite parts of the podcast, say as much or as little as you want to say about this, but the quality of success is graded by what? Is it graded by social media? Is it graded by interaction? Is it graded by references? Or is it Guys, none of your business, and I'm not going to tell you how serious grades are. No,
1: <laughs> the show. The shows are the shows are still figuring that out, right? They're still figuring out the exact way to get to find out unique listeners. Now, if, like people on the app, that's the thing. Now, so many people are on the app, so there's app numbers. We know that, that we're getting those, but the big thing is subscriptions. That that's the main focus. Being able to put out there that Sirius has 45 million subscribers. That's a huge thing to be able to put out there. And it also helps trying to get a big name guest as well. Sometimes you just throw that out there. We have 45 million subscribers. It might not be all to us all the time, but we have 45 million subscribers. Uh, but not that. I mean, that, that's the biggest thing. And it's more it's more focused on our program director and our executive producer listening and stuff like that. That's the biggest thing or the president of sports operations, right? Uh, Because there's meetings every week of like, what did your show do good? Like, what did they do bad? If you're not doing stuff good, they're going to realize. They know when a bad show is on. I'll put it that way. The higher-ups, you don't think they're listening. If it's a good show, they know when it's a bad show. If you have a bad show, they know, and you're going to know real quick.
0: As much as I'd love to ask you because you want this platform at times. I know you talk so much soccer. You love to go back to the days of talking about your Timberwolves and your Steelers. Uh, Instead, Syracuse. Just in in Syracuse, Syracuse, of course. Man, when we're taping this, we're Clemson-Syracuse coming up, so hopefully the Orange put up good and the basketball season's just around the corner. But instead, I'll give you a nice softball over-the-plate question about soccer that you're probably annoyed with at this point. Uh, the World Cup, U.S. just won another qualifying match. What does the future of soccer look like in this country? It's the most lame, cliche question, but you're in it every single day, and you probably have a better perspective than anybody else we can ask on this podcast
1: yeah no it's definitely expanding uh the expansion of it is outrageous whether we're talking about the domestic league and mls which is getting a lot of foreign bigger name guys not old guys anymore but dudes in their prime and stuff like that but i think when it comes to the men's national team it's definitely at a time where there's brighter stars than ever before but it's all about if those bright stars can succeed when it comes to like the international play because we look at the team now and you see a lot of guys are huge clubs, Chelsea, Juventus, Leipzig, Borussia Dortmund, et cetera, playing in La Liga in Spain, playing in Italy, playing in England, playing all over the place in the top leagues around the world. But if they can't, if they can't do it on an international level, it doesn't mean anything here. And I say that all the time. I had same as you are. Like I, I grew up in a football, basketball, NBA, NFL focus household. My friends are all like that. All my boys are like that. So when we miss the World Cup, right away, why Why would I care? Why should I care about soccer in this country? We couldn't even make the World Cup. We're losing to Costa Rica. We're losing to Trinidad and Tobago. There's more people in Albany than Trinidad and Tobago. Like those, like those, These are the messages that I'm getting. I'm like, I don't blame you. So that was a tough point. But now there's so many young guys. And with the Premier League being where it is today, there's so many young guys that are bringing it forward, making young kids today be like, oh, I want to be like Gio Reyna. I want to be like Weston McKinney or Christian Pulisic, all these type of guys who are huge stars on an international level. It's definitely going to help. And there's no doubt that there's – I mean, we're talking about 18-year-olds. We're talking about like Barcelona and Real Madrid scouting all like American players. They have scouting clubs all over our country. All these big clubs do. Bayern Munich just put a new office in New York City. So they know that the future of U.S. soccer and U.S. soccer players is huge and going to be bright. But, again, it's going to take time. It's not going to, I, I mean, I, I feel like I'm talking about lacrosse 10 years ago or 20 years right. ago. It's going to be the biggest sport of all time. Soccer is the biggest sport globally. There's no question about that. The Stars are the biggest globally. I mean, when you look at the Cristiano Ronaldo's and Messi's and stuff like that, they are the biggest athletes in the world. They might not be paid the most like McGregor, but they are the biggest star power. They're the biggest, and it's not even close, actually. Yeah. So it's getting a guy like that eventually is is clutch.
0: Yeah, that's exactly it. Like, It's one of the hardest things for us probably to look back 10 years ago and say, what's the biggest changes from when you and I got into this to what's happening in 2021? One is the emergence of this international fan base where people – Oh, I live in America. I can't figure out what's going on in Spain or Italy or Portugal. No, you can. Like technology caught up so you can watch these matches. The pace of play is great. Television and radio deals are being invested in some of these things to make sure the coverage is there. And the other thing that is really more so the last five years is that because of the emergence of podcasts, right now it seems as if in this world you might be able to make a full-time job and benefit as a producer for both a radio show, whether it be traditional or satellite or a podcast – then actually get your voice on the air in whatever format it may be. Is that the biggest change? And if so, uh, any tips? I'm going to give you two of these. So first for this one, any tips for young producers looking to start that editing,
1: changing, developing process for the audio world? The one big thing I'll say for young producers is listen to other shows. I mean, I think now we're so set in our ways of like, I listen to this podcast, right? I listen to that. So we don't listen to as many different type of, radio shows like you're not like oh this one went to commercial i would listen to ESPN let me change the Fox out all right let me change the CBS. they went to commercial see what they're talking about listening to other different shows is something that even I struggle with now because I'm so set in my ways of like I like to listen to this every single day or like I know this comes out Tuesday I'm gonna listen to this this comes out Wednesday but if you can just like take an hour of your day or so at least an hour of while you're driving or whatever don't listen to music don't listen to something actually listen To other radio stations and listen to their production, listen to how they do a show, listen to how they talk about a topic, break down a topic, and then how they break it down again in another 30 minutes because there's a new listener there, then that's something that a lot of guys I'm finding don't have anymore. I found that our age, again, it's because we were just, we were in the beginning of like the hot take era. And of how they like talked about stuff, but we still listen to radio all the time. Like I, I, I remember listening to like Mike Francesa and stuff like that, or ESPN New York and stuff like that. And knowing how a radio show should sound like a good one is so different because everybody listens to podcasts and I get it. A lot of people listen to podcasts or you're like in your car and you're like, all right, let me just turn my Sirius on or something like that. So it's it's listening like to different shows. Like I listen to different channels. I had the Mad Dog channel on this morning for that exact same reason. Sometimes i listen to the DA show at night because it's it's getting a different perspective of stuff because when you're in it every day, you're like, oh, that's the last thing I want to do is listen to another show. But you have to. You have to know what else is out there and stuff like that. And the other thing would be don't just do audio editing. You need to learn how to do Photoshop. You need to learn how to do Adobe Premiere. Because being a producer these days is not about just being able to go on, doing a rundown, cutting some audio, putting a promo together. You have to be able to put an image together. You got to be able to cut video and make sure you can get it up for your social media. Because all that is now under a producer's umbrella. There's so much more stuff that has changed even we even saw it when we were there like we had to get up like five blogs a day on our facebook and stuff like that just scouring the internet for like watch this football player eat 20 onions like (laughs) ridiculous stuff just to get up on the facebook that like took away from us doing other things so it's yeah it's figuring out a way to manage your time but knowing how to be a jack of all trades because if you're a producer with a jack of all trades there's always going to be a job for you always be needed and wherever you're at
0: yeah, and dubs, so that's a credit to you because of what you've done. You just mentioned a bunch of different things that a lot of people may not go from Mike and the Mad Dog to Serious Soccer to DA to Barstool, which yeah. from us, like you were one of the early Stoolies. And I know this because I remember this so well in the studio that you went down the street to grab pizza and you started doing the one bite thing that Portnoy's, you know, blown up with doing. And I think you may have even said to me, you know, we could do this in Albany. Like we could just go around, and I like looked at you like you had five heads. I'm like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Like we're <laughs> just going to eat pizza. Like, I, But that's the other mix too. Like you've seen this and you felt it coming to give you some credit for this, that there was going to be this new format of it. It didn't have to be traditional radio, but if you could find the right mix, like anybody in any different format could do that. And that goes to the credit of the Barstool stuff you saw five, six, seven, eight years ago.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was, it's, yeah, I am an early stoolie for better or for worse. I mean, nowadays you say that and it's like half the people want to turn it off and just think you're a crazy person, but yeah, yeah, I am a black man and I am a stoolie. Kill me about it anyways. So, uh, yeah, it's, again, it's, it's learning because I think the biggest thing it is today in today's media too, is being a personality. If your personality people, everybody wants to see inside your life. It's everything we have with social media. So, That's what they do so well. They built personalities off people being themselves that you feel the emotion to no matter what they do. And that's kind of the name of the game. Getting people and they got the young people. Like we were, I was young then. God, I'm 30 now, guys. And (laughs) uh,
0: am (laughs) 3-0.
1: I know, crazy. But then it's, but that's it. It, It's finding a way. And I always love that of them just being real. And then personalities just, sucking you in and just being like all right you're this dude too like you're the average joe we're not any different you feel the same ways you do these things too like we're just trying to have fun here let's not make it more than it is and i think that's maybe why i have such an old school mentality with it all like like let's not make stuff more than it is let's just have fun we're doing social we're doing sports media here like what what are we actually doing like that where people are getting so upset about and i just kind of love the avenues they always went on
0: yeah, understand the strengths of what happened 10, 20, 30 years ago that made things successful and also understand the strengths that are on the way that are working right now. It's a great way to balance it. So i got to ask you this. The last thing, and the podcast is getting there with Gons, and People might be listening and thinking, like, how do I get to where he is right now? And to work your way up to be a producer at Sirius, whatever channel it might be. So we've already touched on the advice for actual producers, but to get that foot in the door, what's your best advice to get
1: hired to Sirius? Uh, I mean, the biggest thing I would say either st- Start somewhere else and be like somewhere smaller and learn how to do things or get an internship. Internships are always the big thing, which are, I mean, the Sirius XM has a job board, I believe, where you can just go check it all out. But yeah, I mean, internships are the big one. Get an internship and be like, I want to learn everything. And don't be one of the people that's like, all right, my hour's done. I got to get out the door. Just know if you really want to make it, you have to put in hours. You're not going to get paid for. And I know what you're probably thinking. I don't want to do that well it sucks but at the end of the day it works out in the long run it just i mean you got to grind it out i mean that's the biggest thing the first thing i was told is say yes say yes to everything hey do you want to see how to do this yes do you want to know how to do this yes after the show's done hey i want to do this promo can you teach me where do i pull this audio from what do i do like how oh what did you do right there like how did you do that ask the questions and just you have to go above and beyond you I mean, at this point in time, there's so many people trying and stuff in the different media avenues. You just have to put in more work. And then after that, don't rest on the, your ro- loyals. What is it? Royals or loyals? Loyals. loyals. Lyle's. Loyals, <laughs> loyals. Anyways, you get what I'm saying. And you just got to keep grinding it out and stuff like that. That's That's the biggest thing. Just be prepared to put in more work than you're paid for. Not get paid a lot of money off the rip, which it's not fun, but it is what it is. And then from there, I mean, if if you put in the work, you'll get the job. I like hearing that, man. That's really
0: good advice. And, you know, let's get a plug in for people who might have just heard you or been introduced to you for the first time. Where can they hear your stuff? Where can they preset those channels now to hear you in the future?
1: Yeah. So uh, on Sirius XM channel 157, I produce Counterattack and Monday through Friday, 4 to 7 p.m. Eastern time with Brian Dunsteth and Tony Miola. We talk about everything there. Amazing guys, both former players. Tony Miola, one of the greatest U.S. men's national team goalkeepers of all time. A jersey legend. And then also on Monday's Premier League final, which is if you're an English Premier League fan, we talk everything for about the Premier League for three hours. In a new venture, I am now executive producer of the Intercontinental Football Show right. for the Chicago Fire with uh, Arlo White, who's the lead commentator for the NBC Sports Premier League. He did like the Olympics and stuff and Tyler Terrans as well who was a Chicago fire play-by-play guy. But that's, I know you might think like, I don't care about the Chicago fire. It's not Chicago fire only. It's mainly more about the premier league and soccer and the biggest news going on. So shout out that Twitter one time for me too. AMW underscore FC. Only go, follow man. me if you're fun, though. I, I don't have time. I don't have time for the sissies and the babies and everything. We don't have time for that, guys. We'll it's block. We'll mute. You'll do it. You don't care. You won't think twice about I, it. I like the mute. <laughs> the mute button is the greatest thing, man. Just let people just scream at you, and you have no idea.
0: Dubs, I'm so happy we finally got to do this. You were one of my first people on my list. I could not wait to reminisce with some stories about to talk about your career and how it's taken off and everything else. So thank you for doing this. Let's continue to stay in touch. Keep crushing it,
1: Serious Man. Looking forward to the future for you. I love it, man. Let me get some of that swag next, too. All right. It's coming. I promise. (laughs) I promise. Appreciate you guys. (laughs)